on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. ESPN Radio 97.7. 100.1. ESPN Radio Utica Row. It's happening in Mohawk Valley. Great to have you on board. You can listen wherever you are, wherever you go on the ESPN app. Oh, yeah. Be one of the hip cats with the app on your phone. You just download the ESPN app. You find the listen tab, and we are there. Find ESPN Syracuse, and away you go. My friends, except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. Here's how you get in touch with the program today. 437-7644. That's the phone number. Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Or the On the Block text line, which is 288-0644. Of course, a 315 in front of that. Lots of great ways to get in touch with the show. Fire off your hot takes. That's hot. Let's get it. Not a hot take, just truth. The Boston Red Sox are really good at baseball. 15-2, and did not hit a grand slam all of last year, have hit four already, and are well on their way to American League East dominance. Moving Stanton to the cleanup spot. Panic move! Panic move for the Yankees. Panic move. April 19th, it's all over. 437-7644 for you to join the program. We have two guests that are going to join us today. We're looking forward to speaking with both of these gentlemen. We're talking some Syracuse lacrosse here this hour. I've pretty much stopped trying to figure out what this team is, but there is one truth about the Syracuse lacrosse team, and I'm going to ask our guest later this hour how much this matters in this day and age of the sport. I think I know the answer, but I want a professional answer. I want a true answer to this question, and that is just take care of business in the ACC and you'll take care of business, which is what Syracuse lacrosse has been doing. They're up, they're down, they're getting blown out, they're you know, winning buzzer-beating games, coming back to win. It's a young team, so that probably answers that question better. But we will turn to a man who knows this much better than we, the play-by-play voice of the Syracuse men's lacrosse team over on Brostat TK99, also does football coverage and so much more, Qs.com and a variety of other outlets to see and hear the great Brian Higgins, who will join us today in about 15 minutes. In the next hour, about 5.30 or so, in studio, Lucas Favalli, the play-by-play voice of the Syracuse Crunch, will join us. We are going to be at the War Memorial tomorrow, by the way. At this time tomorrow, I will be in Lucas Favalli's broadcast booth doing this program, getting you ready for Calder Cup playoff action between the Crunch and the Amherst. 
The Comets also start this weekend, albeit they start on the road. So it's the Comets and the Marlies. We are going to be in Utica next week. Looking forward to that. I wish the Crunch and Comets were facing off now. Perhaps they will in the second round, although the Comets are going to have a they're going to have a doozy of a series trying to get by the Marlins. So there is playoff hockey up and down the thruway. Tomorrow we will be at the War Memorial. Next week we'll be in Utica, so we're looking forward to experiencing both of those. Can't wait to go to a playoff game in Utica as well and experience that. So uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's that time of year. So Lucas in studio today. We'll be at the War Memorial tomorrow. Plenty of uh, playoff hockey to go over. We are one week away. We are finally coming down the home stretch. Oh, baby. The National Football League draft is a week from today. Uh, by the way, I've, I've had a few of you ask, and the answer is yes. I will be at my usual perch. It's not like an official event or anything. It's the unofficial draft party, if you will, but uh, it's where I always am. I will be at uh, Bill Central, the beginning two, Route 290 East in East Syracuse, enjoying the delicious wings, or perhaps an axe grinder sandwich. Yes, I have a sandwich named after me, one of the great honors of my life. And uh, seeing, well, is it two? If I had to make a prediction, I think the Bills are going to draft, or pardon me, they're going to trade up in the draft to the fifth spot with the Denver Broncos. Will they stay at 12? Wherever it is, it is one of the more intriguing drafts in terms of quarterbacks off the board. The Bills, Giants, and Jets are all going to maneuver and going to be a central part of this thing and have been really, but it's really going to amp up here. But we get a little football fix today because the schedule comes out. And what happens on schedule day is the schedule always leaks before the actual schedule officially comes out at 8 o'clock tonight. And if the leaks are to be believed, the leaker, Lion Comey is a leaker. If the leaks are to be believed, the Buffalo Bills are going to host a Monday night football game this year, to which I say, are you sure about that? <laughs> so we'll get into that. Lots of football talk on the show as well. Uh, but to, uh, all right, I will steal this tweet from the great Pauly Sebelia. We'll give him credit for this because we were discussing it in the office before the show. And if I didn't think of this 30 seconds before the show, I would pull up the soundbite. I'll pull it up for later in the program. But, you know, with Tyus Battle, let me say this first. It's your decision. You want to take your time. You want to make the right decision. You have until April 22nd to declare your intentions, whether that is to return to the Syracuse basketball team for next season or go about it in the pros following Tyus Battle's social media accounts, if you want a sense of what that decision is going to be, I would not recommend that because it swings one way or the other and you're trying to read tea leaves and trying to enter the mind of a young man on social media and that could be a dangerous place to go because what he has put on social media has indicated both things. We're so far down the road that it could be either way. So the speculation continues, but if I could quote Judge Smales, well, we're waiting. But, you know, one way or the other, no matter what the decision is, I have made my peace with it, and I think that you should as well. Now, I have sort of laid out this case before, but because we have to keep kind of stretching this out like Gumby, I will make the point again. 
No matter what Tyus Battle decides, Syracuse will be fine. He will certainly be a welcome addition to this team next year, or, you know, I, I say addition. It, it almost feels like that at this point. He will be welcome to return. It'll be a team rich at the guard position with Tyus Battle, with Frank Howard, with the incoming Jalen Carey, with a healthy, when healthy, Howard Washington Jr., with a Buddy Bayheim ready to contribute, and Elijah Hughes, who is going to have to play a little bit of forward, it would seem, but is certainly available to do both. Syracuse is not only returning those players, they are recruiting, not for this upcoming season, the next season, of course, USA Today Player of the Year, all-time leading scorer in the history of New York State, all the accolades that you know, average 50 points per game from Glens Falls, New York, Jimmer Fredette. No, of course, it's Joe Girard III. So if they can add him to the mix, the future at guard will be bright, no matter what Tyus Battle does. So if he comes back, fantastic. The more talent they have, the better. It's the opposite problem of what you had this year, which was scraping by with only six healthy bodies. If Tyus Battle does not come back to this team, I will reiterate, I think the more important decision in terms of players has been made because Syracuse needs O'Shea Brissett back more than they need Tyus Battle back. And let me stress that word, the word need. You're asking me who they need back by position, by talent, by all accounts. O'Shea Brissett's decision was much more important. Not that I think he had the NBA chops this year, and the chances that Tyus Battle does, although you know those are kind of hanging by a late first round, early second round thread as we speak, but the most important of the two, in my opinion, was O'Shea for a number of factors. But again, it's not like ah, Tyus, you know, we're we're good. You want to come back? Yeah. I, you know, we're kind of full. You know, try again. I'm sorry, I I just don't have a table for you. We've just got lots of guards here. It's a busy night. Uh, you can eat at the bar if you want, but uh, you know, if you want to be on. The actual restaurant, um, I'm sorry, we're full. Of course you take him back, right? But it is interesting that he's taken his sweet time to do it, which, let me again stress, I'm not angry about. There's a lot of Syracuse fans out there that are very anxious about this, which you shouldn't be because we're going to know soon enough, and then the sun will come up and life will go on. But one of the other big reasons that I'm not worried about this is, much like uh, the character in Jurassic Park, played by Jeff Goldblum, said that life finds a way. Syracuse basketball always finds a way. Jim Beheim always finds a way. This past season is just another example of that. They always find a way. If Tyus Battle does not come back, it stings. It stinks. I think he would have a huge leap year in terms of his NBA prospects. The 2019 NBA draft is weaker than this draft. I think he'd have an opportunity to move up the board and become a better player and be a part of a team that really could do some damage next year. And that's without Darius Paisley, of course. If he chooses to go pro and pursue that and feels that he will be a first-round pick or something we don't really include in this conversation enough, if he is comfortable just being a draft pick, he is confident enough in his abilities that even if he slips into the second round, which is not a guaranteed contract, not a guaranteed spot in the NBA, but you can certainly make your way there, a team still thought enough of you to use a precious draft pick on you. Jeremy Grant is an example of a player that fell into the second round and went a little earlier than most people thought, and he's doing great. There are plenty of examples where that's not the case, but that's the game that you play. Either way, 
I've made my peace with it. And I don't think you could say that about every player, but it seems like all these discussions that we have, and I go back to last year when we were talking about recruiting, it is funny how this has come full circle. Let's be fair. So Cole Swider goes another way. We come on the show and say, everybody calm down. There are plenty of examples of how this has worked out for Syracuse, has worked in their favor despite that. I brought up the Winford Walton thing, and Hakeem Warwick came in for him, and Jim Beheim called us, and we had a great discussion about it. And the player that Syracuse got just two days later was Darius Baisley, who then turned out to do something that you know you couldn't see coming if you tried. So it's funny how we're here a year later, it's like, well, it didn't work out because now Baisley's not coming and Swider's like really good and one of the top prospects is going to Villanova, who just won the national championship. Anyway, life finds a way. Jim Beheim finds a way. Syracuse will find a way, with or without Tyus Battle. So if you want to tweet me and try and coerce that information out of me some way, because Brent knows. I know you know. You are starting to sound like crazy people on Twitter. I know you know, Waters. You better tell me. Come on, Dakota. What's he doing? You got the info. We're just not telling you. We all got together. Unlike a, we all got together on like a Slack chain. Said We're just going to mess with the people. We know what Tyus is doing, but we're not going to tell the people going to drive them mad. We'll find out soon enough. And when we do, either way, Syracuse will find a way. It's just that simple. I wonder if our next guest agrees with that. The great Brian Higgins will join us. We'll get his opinion on that, talk some Syracuse lacrosse and more. You're on the block. ESPN Radio, great to have you here on a Thursday. Hang in there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. All right. If I, uh, can I just propose something, you know, just you know, random thought. If I go smack Seth and Paulie's heads together, do you think they'll both be knocked out? Just one will be knocked out? Or... Uh, Seth and, and Pauly uh, apparently discovered gifts today, and they are flooding my timeline with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, and, and now there's monkeys dancing, and it's just, it, this... This is dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tweet that gif at these two dopes. And now that I brought this up, of course, now more people are going to tweet gifs at me, and I've just lost all control. <sighs> Hit the thing. Let's let's do the thing. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Was it the time and the place is the question. And the answer to that is no. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, let's take a listen. LeBron, during this game, we got the really devastating news. The Spurs announced that Aaron, Coach Popovich's wife, officially passed away. I know you're close with Pop. Any words or thoughts you'd like to share with him? I mean, I'm a, obviously, I'm a huge Pop fan. Uh, I love Pop. Um, 
that's, a, that's such a tragedy. And, um, you know, my best wishes goes out to, to, to Pop and his family. Uh, I know that's, that's devastating news. And um, it's just a lot. I mean, the NBA family, we all stick together. I know we compete every night. Uh, but something like this happens, it, it puts everything in perspective. So, uh, you know, I send my, I send my, uh, my, my well wishes and my prayers up to the heavens above. I know the man above never makes a mistake, even when you sometimes have to um, ask why. But uh, that's just terrible news. And um, you know, best of luck to Pop, man, and, and everybody in San Antonio, the whole Spurs family. That's all I can say, Allie. LeBron, thank you so much for your time. You guys, our thoughts and prayers with Pop and his family. All right. Now, there's a couple things there. First of all, sorry for all the loud noise in the background, but, you know, that's what was happening during that interview, which is probably another reason why Allie LaForce probably should have backed off. Second thing I will say is Allie LaForce is really good at what she does. She is a professional. She did seek permission from LeBron before asking him. She did not blindside him with this, which is why... The Twitter army has to be careful sometimes. And I'm glad that I held off on tweeting about this as I was following, you know, everything that was happening last night because video showed and TNT put out a statement that said that Allie pulled LeBron aside and basically said, can I ask you this? And good for her for doing that. I still don't think that's the moment you do it. It is news that was heavy on everybody's heart last night. It's not that I'm saying you don't address it. But there's a time and a place for these things. I think a sideline interview in that moment after that game. And I don't want to be stick to sports guy, but I think you kind of do stick to sports there. I think you let LeBron bring it up on his terms. Maybe he finds out after the game, goes to the press conference and says, you know, before we discuss this game, I just want to take a moment to do this. I think you leave that up to the player. You don't put them in a position to answer that. And he answered it. He was great. And I think we all echo those sentiments, but that didn't feel right to me. It was certainly news. It was certainly something that was heavy on the minds and of players and everybody in the league because Popovich is one of the central figures in the NBA. LeBron said it well there that it is a close-knit family, even though they're competitors on the court. But right after the game, in that moment, a close game, I think you do stick to sports there. I don't think that's the moment you bring that up. I think that was a little opportunistic on TNT's part. I think there, were, there you've got plenty of moments and forums that you can do it in, not in that one. That's hot. And, you know, the Twitter army, you know, goes at Ali LaForce and, you know, and then they move on to something else. That's just how they work. They're a pack of vultures sometimes, which admittedly I can be a part of. I'm not, you know, saying pot calling the cattle black there in a way. But I, that didn't feel right to me. It just didn't. And I like Allie LaForce a lot and continue to. She's great. She's a pro. But, you know, it doesn't mean you're always right. And in that instance, I don't think she was. All right. As for the actual sporting contests last night, including that one. So LeBron James is 46 points and 12 rebounds. Scored the first 13 points of the game. Was unbelievable. And Cleveland just squeaked that thing out. Because you know why? The Pacers out-rebounded the Cavs. The Pacers had a higher field goal percentage than the Cavs. Cleveland's defense continues to be, how can I put this, awful. As I've stated many times here, nothing would surprise me about this series. But one thing I'm going to start to back off on, Cleveland can't make the finals playing like this. 
can they? I mean, you can never doubt Super LeBron and carrying a team through what is a wide-open Eastern Conference. But Philadelphia just looks better to me. Boston, even without their two big guns, just looks better to me, more well-rounded. The way the Pacers play, the way, I mean, Victor Oladipo had a three-pointer to tie that thing, and just, you know, that one didn't go. So I'm starting to back off my nothing-would-surprise-me take on the Cleveland Cavaliers, because honestly, do you know what would surprise me at this point? If they made the finals, I would qualify that as a surprise, just because they don't have the second man, the Robin to LeBron's Batman. Their defense is atrocious, and some of the other stats that they're just not a well-rounded team. They are so dependent on LeBron James to just dominate game in and game out. And you don't get to the finals that way. You don't win championships that way. Kyrie Irving was just as important. And now Kevin Love's hurt again. He's got a torn ligament in his thumb, which he's going to play through. But it would surprise me at this point. Look, I brought this up yesterday, and I know it's not the sexiest team in the world to talk about, but the Utah Jazz beat Oklahoma City. That series is now tied at one. Do you know that Donovan Mitchell has now done something? Here, I'm going to leave the name out of here and circle back on the name. Let me just read you this. Donovan Mitchell passed fill-in-the-blank for most points scored in his first two playoff games. With 55 points in his first two playoff games, including 28 and a Game 2 win over the Thunder Wednesday night, Utah Jazz rookie Donovan Mitchell topped fill-in-the-blank name for most points by a guard in his initial two postseason games. That name's Michael Jordan. Donovan Mitchell. Dominated for Utah at this point. But see, the bigger thing with Oklahoma City is, you guys, I hate to break this to you, but Carmelo Anthony's bad. And it's not just Melo. Paul George, Russ, and Melo combined to go, what, 0 for 14 in the fourth quarter of that game? With the exception of the third quarter, Utah went wire to wire, but Oklahoma City had an opportunity in the fourth. And you know what? Uh, Free throws matter. 11 more free throws made by the Jazz in that game last night. There were 12 lead changes. It went back and forth. Oklahoma City certainly can still win the series, but it is sad at this point to watch Melo just miss all these shots. And somebody else said it, and I laughed, and I found myself saying, I just laughed at that, and that's sad. The ghost of Carmelo Anthony at this point. And he had to be a role player. He had to be a secondary guy. He didn't even have to lead the charge at Oklahoma City. And look, he's got time to round out, get that game in order, shoot or shoot, and maybe he puts it together. But you're watching Melo just game after game, including last night, miss knots, and you almost want to tell him, look, you're not that guy anymore. You're just not. We'll see how that series goes. Houston got a 2 of 18 shooting night from James Harden last night and still throttled Minnesota because Chris Paul dropped 27 with eight assists. And green at 21 and 12. There was just one lead change in that entire game. So this is Houston's to lose. I feel comfortable saying that. I am not discounting Golden State completely. But I want to see Golden State with Steph back. How healthy is Steph when Steph comes back? But if you're asking me right now where things are starting to... How can I put this? The East is still wide open. There are two teams in the West that can win it, and I think Houston has taken not quite a... How big of a lead would you put Houston? Of all the teams out there, whose is it to lose? It is theirs. Tonight, Game 3 between the Sixers and the Heat. That's tied at one apiece. 
That has been a great series to watch, and I hope it goes seven because those two teams just go at each other. You've got New Orleans and Portland tonight. Uh, New Orleans leads that series 2 nothing, and I mentioned Golden State and San Antonio. Greg Popovich is going to miss Game 3 tonight, certainly as you would expect with the uh, passing of his wife, and we send uh, certainly our thoughts and prayers and condolences to Greg Popovich and the San Antonio family. And Steve Kerr, head coach of the uh, Warriors, of course, was very close to Aaron Popovich and Greg Popovich and their family, so it's uh, certainly going to be very emotional. In that series, as Golden State looks like, they're you know I, I would anticipate San Antonio to win one of these things, but uh, Golden State looks like well in hand to take that in the National Hockey League. Every game in the Penguins Flyers series has been five nothing, four one, five one, not competitive at all. Then you look over at they say Columbus and Washington, and every game there goes to overtime. So the Pens well on their way to advancing in the East. Tampa Bay. Beat uh, Seth Goldberg's. Geez, it's funny. I didn't hear Seth Goldberg talking about his New Jersey Devils a lot today. But you know who was at the game, and but they didn't win, but he was still there, of course, to support the team. How cool is it that David Putty, the actor that played David Putty in Seinfeld, amongst many other things, but uh, certainly that's what he's most well known for, was at the game in his full Devils face paint, just like from the Seinfeld episode. I mean, that made my day. I saw that today. But uh, Lightning now with a 3-1 series lead there. Nashville with a 3-1 series lead as they get by Colorado 3-2. And the San Jose Sharks with their cool towels that uh, pay homage to Duck Hunt. Sweep the Ducks 2-1. So tonight we've got Baston and Toronto. The Bruins lead that two games to one. I mentioned Columbus and Washington. They can't go to overtime again, can they? I'm still waiting for my notice from John Bucci-Gross, by the way. I um, guessed correctly in the Bucci overtime challenge. I know he's a busy guy and just maybe hasn't gotten to my tweet yet, but... Uh, That's hot. Booch. Hook a brother up. I'll just even take one of those koozies. I don't even need a t-shirt. I got too many t-shirts as it is. Just give me a koozie so I can keep my beer cold while I watch some overtime hockey. He'll get to it, I'm sure. Come on, I, I guessed correctly the other night in the Columbus-Washington game. I had Panarin. Let's go. Where's my coos? I don't ask for a lot in this world, but free beer koozie I take very, very seriously. So I'll just keep watching Twitter, and every time I refresh Twitter, I'm getting more ridiculous gifts from Seth and Pauly, so maybe I should just... Log off for the day. 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Let's go to the phone, shall we? Let's go to the Mohawk Valley. Let's go to a man who has takes, and that man is Stefan in Utica. Well, hello, Stefan. Well, hello, Brent Axe. And uh, now, what do you think of the uh, baseball season starting so early and uh, them having to play in this cold weather and having uh, 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 over 20 cancellations uh, for games uh, so far this month. And, and uh, the, the, the uh, fans having, having to, uh, to, to uh, try to watch. Uh, Stay warm while watching a game. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's something you don't want to do, Stefan, and it's an easily avoidable problem, and I don't want to be a simpleton on this, and Seth Everett and I had this discussion on the show the other day, and thanks for calling in as always, my friend. Why does baseball start so early? And I, I, I know the answer to that as the question comes out of my mouth. Money, television deals, right? You play this many games, we pay you for these many games. The Players Association would never take a pay cut. I know the answer, but inevitably you're going to cancel all these games. You mentioned the number that have been. You can start the season now. It's been one of the worst winter slash early springs we've seen in the Northeast and other parts of the country in years. Inevitably, you're going to have games canceled. I just don't understand how they can't work this, that you start the season now. And that would make the season go longer into October. I understand that if you played 162 games can we find a way where everybody's happy, you still get your money, and everything happens? ESPN and Major League Baseball Network and everybody who's in the pot here pitches in a little bit more. They make up the difference, and you play 140 games. And you start the season now because, look, are you still going to have games rained out in mid-April through early May and even the early part of May? Sure you are. April showers bring May flowers and that whole thing, right? But if you go by averages— we're well below normal now, but if you're just going by average temperatures in the Major League Baseball cities in you know the, the areas where it rains and, and get game cancellations, I saw a stat today that it, it would be cut by 25% just by starting in the middle of the season. They In the middle of April, pardon me. They can do it. They should do it. I don't know why people want to see shots of empty ballparks and players don't want to be out there. And by the way, you know, Players are not as effective in the cold weather. It, when it's October and it's the playoffs, suck it up. And it's just part of it. That's playoff baseball, and uh, that's kind of the beauty of it. But I don't want to see guys bundled up and wearing ski caps in for games in April that are inevitably just going to get rescheduled anyway for July or are going to be canceled and don't matter. Just start the season now. It's very easy to do. It's a very simple solution. I make it sound simple anyway. We'll take a break on that note. We've got more to come, including Lucas Favalli, the voice of the Syracuse Crunch. Plenty of NFL draft talk because we're a week away. Let's get it, man. Let's really dig in on that draft talk. We'll do it next here on The Block ESPN Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye.